You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! Well, hello, hello, you sick bastards. That's right, I'm back, and I'm outside, and it's early in the morning. Because I really didn't get much sleep, you know. I was uh, talking to a buddy of mine, and uh, and he is, I can't tell, he tell you exactly what is going on, but I can tell you that he's really, really afraid to do something. And it's kind of a big deal to him, but he's afraid to do it. And I know, and he knows that he really needs to do this thing and uh, he's afraid and he's like hey s man aren't you uh you, you do a lot of things you, you were afraid to do before i mean uh uh why is that i mean uh i'm really afraid to do this man and I, like i said i can't tell you what he's what he's about to do it's his, 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 his personal story but i can't i have permission to talk about fear and he is scared as hell to do this thing it's important to him and, he, and i think he needs to do it and hopefully i can convince him to do it and uh because i know that you ever notice how many times you were really afraid to do something and i mean it just the fear just ripped whipped your ass and somehow some way you were forced to do the thing and then you did it and it wasn't as bad as you thought or as it turned out it was cool you're going oh man i was afraid to do this shit oh man and you feel kind of silly you look back at the at the you that you were maybe an hour before you did that thing you were afraid of and realize how terrified that sucker was. And you look back at that you the same way adult you looks back at kid you going, you look so, well, what is wrong with you? I remember what it was like because I remember when I moved to Los Angeles, I was performing at the comedy store. And uh, I was waiting for my turn, okay, and what happened was there was a famous comedian came in. And this guy was, if I said his name, I'm not going to, you would know who he was. And as it turns out, he was, he was warming up. For, I forgot whether it was for a special or an, or, a, or a CD. He was warming up his act. So this was like the best stuff he had written. And he was just, you know, fine-tuning it. It was, it was basically ready to go. And everyone knew this what he was doing. So the crowd was packed with his hardcore fans. So he's on stage, and he's only supposed to do an hour he does twice that and smashes the place. I mean, he demolished the place. And for those of you that are not familiar with uh, comedic terms, anytime any word that sounds like violence or an explosion means a spectacular performance. I killed him. I slayed him. I crushed him. I blew the crowd apart. I burned that place down. Any of that stuff. So he nukes the place. And he's, instead of letting the MC bring up the next act, he decides he's going to do it. I mean, he's just kind of pumped because he, he's really excited. He now knows the material is ready and, you know, he's about to do his thing. So he goes, uh, no, I'm going to bring up the next guy myself, you know. And he looks out and normally the next guy is kind of standing next to the stage. But his performance was so spectacular, so over the top good, so great. The comics did not want to go on after this cat. Because that's what happens a lot of times, not necessarily when a, when a comic is just great and he's not famous. But if a comic's great and famous, what happens is usually the first person that goes on after that guy or that lady is in deep crap, you know. And, uh, 
you know, it's like it's like being the first date after a breakup. You know, you you know, dang on well, you are nothing more than a place to sit down before they start their journey again. So they, I mean, there are comments like hiding in the bathroom. Everybody, all of a sudden, people need to take smoke breaks, and you know, and then they're, they're, they're jumping out there like a bunch of punks. So he's on stage looking around for somebody to go on, and I was the only one standing there, and I waved my hand like I, I, I pointed to myself, you know, and he, and uh, and then he looked at me and he smiled. Now this is where this is. Let's just think of this podcast for the moment. Like a Quentin Tarantino movie where I now stop that story and I jump back in time to young me in Philadelphia. 17-year-old me in Philadelphia doing com- starting to do comedy. Okay, So now, I'm, there was a comic in my hometown, Philadelphia, named David E. Hardy. He's not a famous guy. He's a great guy and one of the, literally one of the most hilarious comedians I have ever seen in my life. There was nobody funnier than David E. Hardy. Nobody. And the best way to describe David E. Hardy, David E. Hardy would be, okay, you're familiar with Bernie Mac. David E. Hardy was Bernie Mac funny. In fact, he actually, he was a, he was kind of like Bernie Mac in, 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 in style. Not, not insofar as they couldn't, they could be on the same show. They were that different. But, Bernie Mac is the closest thing I could tell you to how funny David E. Hardy was. In addition to that, extremely likable, very smart, very charming, and just the nicest human being you'd ever want to meet. So, when he went on that stage, he would smash that place. He would do, he would make audiences laugh in a way that you, you, that you couldn't believe. And so, the same thing would happen with him a lot of times. He would work at another club, the Comedy Works in Philadelphia, on a showcase night when he was working out his material. And people didn't want to go on after him. I'm not going on after David E., man. Come on, man. So I got a lot of stage time just following him around. You know, he he would go he would go to this club, and I'm going, ain't nobody going to go on after him. And I would just kind of ease next to the, to the, to the person who was, who was picking the comics. What the hell? What the hell? I go, I'll go on. So they kept putting me on after him. So I'm used to going on after a guy who would rip crowds, destroy crowds on a regular basis. So I learned how to go on after a person like that. I learned what it was like to go on after someone who destroyed the crowds. And I learned that when I'm, I learned that when I was a 17 years old, you know, I mean, following David E on the stage you know, was like selling hot dogs after a hurricane. You know, everybody's like, motherfucker, we got food. What I need is supplies. I'm, I got a broken arm here. Could I, could I get that? What the hell? What's this, what? Hey, I got some ice cream. Fuck ice cream. You got any water? I don't have any water, but I have these CDs. What the fuck is wrong with you? But, but going after David E., I learned how to show up after that hurricane with supplies and water and food and everything they needed. So I learned after performing after David E. how to walk on a stage and demolish a place. After he demolished a place. Made me a better comedian because of that. Fast forward back to the comedy store. Famous comic on stage. Points to me. I walk on stage. And when I step on the stage, I look out and I see the owner of the comedy club. Now she was paying close attention to the comic. 
And then when I go on stage, because nobody knew, knew who I was at the point, she just kind of goes, "Dumpy looking kid. I can actually see her saying that, <laughs> right? I'm going, why, why, did, why do my young eyes have the ability to see her mouth that as I'm, as I, as I'm about to open my mouth on stage? And then she starts to, like, looks over to the um, person next to her, and she's trying to have a conversation, like, as if she's going to be able to hear her conversation. And I was afraid for a second. And then I thought, wait a second. This is what I do. Yeah, it's a big crowd here. This is a legendary a place I have never really performed like this in this big this big in the big room like this, and the booker is sitting right there who could maybe do something nice for me, and she's not even paying attention. What the hell am I afraid of? Hell no. There's no way in hell I'm gonna make this place so loud that she can't hey here she can't have a conversation, and I'm also gonna prove a point to myself that I'm going on after this superstar, and I'm gonna get laughs just like he did. I'm 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 gonna prove a point to myself, and I'm gonna prove a point to every motherfucker in this room, and also to them bitch ass comics that ran out the room like a bunch of punks. I'm gonna make sounds in this room right now that they're gonna think he's still on the damn stage and stay outside, and if they stay outside, I get to stay up here because there's no other comics in the room. So I start doing my routine, and I f- fucking destroy this joint from joke one. I'm getting the exact same quality laughs this guy's getting in front of his crowd who wanted to see him. Because normally when you go on after a person like that, if you don't eviscerate that place within a couple seconds, they're like, and they'll get up and start leaving. Because they came to see that guy. They didn't get up up when I was up there. They they, they didn't even look back back and look at him standing in the back of the room. They were watching me. In fact, he was watching me. He was like... Giving me the, you know, that, that look like, really? Okay. And she's trying to have the owner who was trying to ignore me, trying to have a conversation in the back, but she can't hear. The person next to her can't hear her. And then she started watching. <laughs> I was scared for a minute. Because I could have gone up there, and odds are, if you were a betting person, you would go, dopey kid, comedy store stage, superstar comic, destroys the place for two hours, you go up there to do your little time, you're going to bomb your ass off in front of this big crowd. And you're going to bomb your ass off. And by bombing, you know what that means. Sucking and not doing a good performance. You're going to bomb your ass off in front of the owner of the club. And first impressions can fuck you up if you do badly. But guess what my first impression was? <laughs> I'm outside after the performance. The superstar comic walks up to me. Hey, kid, you really got something going there. Keep it up, man. I'm like, thank you, my brother. His audience comes out, goes up, of course, chases him down. Hey, you're the greatest. Blah, 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 blah. And they go, hey, you kid, you're good. So he was getting praised, and they were praising me at the same time. I did awesome. Owner of the club walks out. She sees me. She smiles, nods, and then gets her car and drives away. If I was afraid, I, that that would have never happened. I would have never known what it was like to perform at the big room in the comedy store. I would have never known what it was like to have a big crowd that size in a legendary club chant my name as I walked off the stage. I would have never known what it was like to have a superstar comic walk up to me and tell me, oh, that was great, kid. Keep it going, kid. If I was afraid like the rest of these people and ran outside and didn't even give it a chance. (laughs) Why be afraid? If it's not somebody holding a gun to your head, fuck fear. You know? If it's not something like that, you can still be afraid. Ain't nothing wrong with being afraid. Just don't let it kick your ass. Just don't make, make it, let it freeze you up so you can't do anything. I needed that performance. 
that was I had just gotten to Los Angeles. I needed that badly because of normal circumstances. If it wasn't for these guys being punks and hiding outside of the room, I wouldn't have gotten on stage that night. If I let the fear that I felt, and I'm talking about it was almost paralyzing type fear. If I'd have let that get me, I don't know what would have happened. You know? I don't know what would have happened. And I was like, nah, I got to do this. Can't let that fear kick my ass. I got. I have to have this. I got to. I have to get this. Fuck you, fear. <laughs> you know. So I told him that story, and I hope that uh, it inspires him to go and do the thing that he needs to do. You know, and I hope. I hope if, if you're afraid of doing something. You know, and like I said, if it's not some, if it's not a bunch of dudes with baseball bats going, you, if you don't, I'm a, let's get them. If it's not that, you know, if it's not, <laughs> if it's not your wife, if you're not, if not waking up and your wife is st- over sitting over you with a knife going, I know about that bitch, and the knife is coming down. You know, if your car isn't heading towards a tree because you were drinking too much, you know, or whatever. It, let me just get rid of all those those things. Just to say, if it's not a physical danger to you. Or it's just going to be some kind of financial devastation or ruin. Anything that's not that, just do it anyway. You know, especially if it's something that's important to you. Like you, maybe it's your dream. You know, I really want to become a blah, blah, blah. Well, fucking do it, man. You know? <laughs> you know? Because I, I've, I've let too many things go by and, uh, and not done things because of fear. Now, that was the way I was. Now, not so much. I still feel the fear sometimes. But I think of fear the same way I think about, you know, like a troll on the Internet or a hater or some asshole heckling you while you're trying to do something. You know, I think about it that way. It's like, like say you were about to do something that's important to you and some jerk off goes, yeah, well, you're going to suck at it. If it was a person doing that, you'd be like, man, get the fuck out of here. I don't care what you think. I'm doing something. You're over there talking. Fuck out of here. Why don't you do the same thing with that stupid voice in your head trying to get you to stop from doing things? Right? Just because it's in your head, you know, doesn't mean you got to listen to it. You know? Just because of that negative self, you got to hear that crap. You know, even when it comes to romantic things. It's happened to me before. I remember one of my old girlfriends, um, just the most gorgeous. It's like, up until that point in my life, you know, not objectify somebody, but it's, it's just like the kind of woman that is just so gorgeous. You can't believe what you're looking at. You know what I mean? It's like you. Normally, when you see an attra- a beautiful woman or attractive woman or a hot woman or a sexy woman, you're thinking in terms of sex. Man, I want to get on top of her and put my thing in her thing. I want to put my mouth on her things. I want to put this. I'll put this up in there. I'll touch that and sniff on that and kiss lick that. This. I want to do this. Man, I want her to do this in my genitals and do this. I want to do this that. I want to get up in that. I want to put then get on top. Put my hand. Put my hand. Put my hand between the boobs and go blah blah blah. Put my hand between the butt cheeks and go. Hum, 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 hum. I want to do that. That's what you're thinking as a guy. Normally, when you see an attractive woman, look at them legs. I'm going to get on them legs. Boy. You can shave them legs. I don't want the whipped cream to stick to the hair, girl. Come, come on, I'm going to do some stuff to them thanks. Yeah, I'm going to strap you down. That's what you're thinking as a guy. And yes, it sounds just like that in our heads, ladies. So I saw her, and I, I, it wasn't even, I didn't even, wasn't even thinking about having sex with her. I mean, eventually I was. But I mean, I was like, no, no, no. No one looks that good. That's ridiculous. Well, she's, you know, they don't get all obsessed because her face is ridiculously gorgeous. She's probably, you know, it's probably smelly. Oh, God, look at that ass. Oh, Jesus Christ. Still not thinking about sex. Just can't believe how ridiculously 
incredible this person was. I go, well, that's all right. She probably gets, oh, God, her cans are you delicious also. Perfect boobs, perfect legs, perfect stomach, perfect. Oh, God, she's perfect. She's, uh, now, when I say perfect, I'm not talking about the media ideas of perfect. I'm talking about perfect for what I want. You know, when I say somebody, a woman, a woman is perfect and awesome and gorgeous. I'm talking about what I want. I don't give a shit what you want. <laughs> you know, I don't care what magazine covers say. I don't care about that. I'm talking about what I want. And she was definitely that. And I was like, oh, man, she ain't going to give me the time of day, man. I ain't going to. Jesus Christ, I can't. And then I started thinking about sex. And I went, oh, man, look at them legs. I want to do some of them legs. Put some whipped cream with some chocolate pudding on that butt. And I want to do them. And then boobs. Put some, yeah, put, and put some chives on them titties. And I'll jump on top and put my thing in her thing. And then, yeah, and then we'll put lick her things and suck on them. Yeah. And then we'll you know, strap it down and put this thing in there. And then put it all up and say, hey, Yes, ladies, it sounds just like that in our heads. So I was like, you know, what do I really have to lose here? You know, I want to I want that woman to be my girlfriend. I want to know what it's like to get it on with her. I want to know what it's like to take a bath with her. I want to know what it's like to, you know, look at her and know that she's just for me. But she's not with me now. So if I, if I don't approach her, you know, what do I have to lose? I mean, what do I lose if I approach her? You know, what do I lose, really? You know, it's not like like right now I'm, I'm outside. Like, I mean, I do my podcast outside. I'm walking around outside. And I see these luxury vehicles, and I can live my life without not ever, like right now, this is really, damn. I just, oh, okay, there's a Tesla S. Okay. Wow, nice. Um, Sorry, I, I hadn't seen, I, don't, I love that car, and it was, one of the first that was one of the few that I've seen pretty nice out there um but what I have to lose if uh if I see that if I if I if I ask her out she's not dating me now you know and like with that Tesla S I can live my life and be happy if I never drive one of those right I, I'll never I'm like, well, I never got to drove a Tesla I would like to have one I would like to be able to afford one I can't now but I could go on and have a happy life if it never happens but I thought about it. I said, what about this lady, man? I don't know, man. If I, ever, if I, if I don't approach this lady, I have a feeling I'm going to regret this. But, but, if, but if she says no, she's not interested, what does that change for me? Nothing, really. She's not with me now. I'm, I don't know what it's like to, to lay down with her now. I don't know what it's like to kiss her now. I don't know what it's like now. Right? She's not mine now. So nothing changes if she says no thank you in a polite way. And if she says no thank you in a mean way, then I wouldn't have wanted her in the first place because I don't want a mean person. I've never, quote, rejected someone in a mean way. And I never will. You know, so it's like, oh, man. So I walk up to her and I say, hi, how you doing? And she looks back at me and she says, hi. And I said, listen, listen um, I, I normally don't do this kind of thing. I mean. I'm sitting over there and I, I look over at you and I just think you're spectacular, you know, and uh, I don't know what I would do if I sat over there and didn't come over here and say something to you. And um, I would like to take, I would like to sit here next to you and, you know, have a nice conversation and you know, hopefully we'll like each other enough that we could get to spend some time together because, I, I, like I said, I just think you're spectacular. She looked at me and said, sir, I'm going to have to go now. This is a 
This is a green light and you're standing in front of my car and if you don't move, I'm I'm going to call the police. Okay, that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, she, was, she was sitting at a table at a, at a club and I walked up to her and I, I don't know what I said to her. I don't remember what I said. But uh, uh, whatever it was, was funny and charming. And uh, I would tell you people but I, I don't, I can't really, um, I can't really trust, I don't know you that well, so I can't really trust you with that type of knowledge, especially you dudes. Because if I gave you the power of my magical words, you would use it to get it on with women you have no business getting it on with. You know? It'd be like taking a nuclear weapon and handing it to a child. Not that I'm equating you with children, but I'm equating you with not having the ability to handle the majesty and magic of my lady talking to words. It would be devastating to the world. And I can't have that kind of power going to the irresponsible. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Maybe if you listen to my podcast for a few more years, you'll be ready for the power of the words that I used that night. But until then, you bastards, you're not getting them. So I walk up to her and I say, and I say some stuff and we laugh, we joke. And like I said, I was afraid to go up to the lady. I was like, man, she ain't going to pay attention to me. She ain't going to give me the time of day. Not even, not even close. You know, if Halle Berry walked into the room and sit, sat next to this girl, people were going, um, hey, hey uh, who's the, who's the, uh, who's that chick sitting next to the, to the hot girl? I said, that's, uh, that's Halle Berry sitting next. Halle who? Never heard of her. That's how good looking this woman was. Okay. No one would actually do that to Halle Berry, but she was as beautiful as Halle Berry. Let's keep it real. Halle Berry is ridiculously hot. So I talked to her, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. You know what I'm saying? Black gold, Texas tea. We started dating. Then I got to put my thing in her stuff. Felt great. <laughs> and we dated for a while. And, uh, no, and and and, and it, it it didn't work out, you know, because as it turns out, we we were we were cool. We just didn't love each other. We just basically enjoyed each other's company enough. And uh, how can I put this politely? Uh, let's see, how can I put this? Um, let's see. Uh, oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Banged each other's brains out for three years. Uh, but that's about it, you know. And uh, we're still cool, actually. We're still we're still good friends. But uh, we, we weren't in love with each other. We just you know just liked getting it on with each other. And we was like, nah, you know what? Let's stop doing that because we ain't going to get married or anything. But had I not approached this woman, I would have not had the joy of getting it on with a woman that looked as good as Halle Berry for three years. Now, someone has said to me, listen, S, um, bruh, this ridiculous woman who's, who's, who is so attractive and devastating to you, she takes your breath away from across the room. Um, you know, it's not going to be a permanent relationship. You're just going to get to have lots of sex with her for three and a half years. And then it's going to fall apart. And then you're going, to, you're going to break apart, not see each other for a while, but then eventually become good friends. I would have said, <laughs> I'll take it. I would have been happy with a weekend. <laughs> I'll take it in a minute. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All righty. You know? So it's like the, like that guy that was married to Britney Spears for a while. And that guy that was married to J-Lo for a while. If you would have said to them, listen, um, I know you're afraid to approach Britney Spears. And I know you're afraid to, pr- to approach Jennifer Lopez. I'm going to tell you right now. It's not going to work. You're not going to have a relationship with them for, you're not going to, you know, have a long-term relationship with them. But, uh, whatever you, the dude that's, uh, is going with uh, Jennifer Lopez, you're going to get to be married to her for about a year. Then she's going to drop you and then go off and 
marry some other famous dude and you Britney Spears guy, um, you're actually going to knock her up. She's going to get pregnant, you stupid bastard. And then you're going to you're going to douchebag your way out of the relationship. Instead of being cool and being happy to be getting it on with Britney Spears, you're going to douchebag your way right out of the relationship. Both of them said, so I'm going to get to have sex with her Yeah, for about a year. I'll take it. <laughs> you know? Somebody said to me, yes, listen, um, uh, you're going to have an opportunity to go out with Eva Longoria or uh, Serena Williams. Relationship's not going to be permanent. You're not going to have children with them or anything like that, which is what you would like to do. You're just going to be their love toy for a little while, and then they're going to break up with you. And I would, of course, say, where do I sign up for that? <laughs> I'll take it. You know? So that's what I wanted to talk to you, Cass, today. I wanted to talk to you about fear. Kick fear in the balls and then push it to the floor and then step over it the way Ivan, Allen Iverson stepped over Teron Liu in that championship game. Okay? Do that. Don't let nothing stop you, my friends. And I'm saying that because you listen to me, damn it, and I want the best for you. The rest of the world, I want the best for them too, but I want the best more, more of the best for you guys because you're listening to me, damn it. Yeah, I said it. That's right. <laughs> And that concludes today's podcast, my friends. I am S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. You knew that because you clicked on the button that said the S. Anthony Says Podcast. And I just want to thank you guys once again for stopping by and hanging out with my with my super, my silly ass. Um, like I said, the home base for this place, for this podcast, is the is uh, S. Anthony Says That's where my social links are. Make sure you tell everybody about me. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Make sure you bring as many people back as possible so we can do this thing. Much love to everybody. And uh, the email is the S. Anthony says podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for, thanks for your kind words. I really do appreciate it. Much love to everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, I am out. Take care of yourselves. S. Anthony out.